Welcome to Mamma Mia Out Loud. I'm Jamila Rizvi and today I am totally taking the hosting seat away from Monique Bowley. But she joins me here in the studio. Thank you, Jamila. This week, we are bringing you seven great topics all about what the trends were in 2015. What was the single thread that ran through the year that made you look back and go, yeah, that was what was big in the world this year. And today we are going to be taking a slightly more somber note than usual. For us here in Australia, 2015 has been the year that we finally sat up and took notice of domestic violence. Georgie Dent has written an essay for Mamma Mia on this very topic and is joining us today. Georgie, tell us about your essay. Look, my essay examines why 2015 has been the year that we have taken notice because obviously 2015 isn't the year that domestic violence started, um, but it is the year that we have had unprecedented public interest and a public conversation around domestic violence that has eluded us previously. It it really did begin with, the linchpin I think for that change has been Rosie Batty. Her being named the 2015 Australian of the Year in January was a little bit of a watershed moment. Um, It's impossible to imagine a more tragic reason to be propelled into public life than losing um, your child at the hands of his father. But equally, it's impossible to imagine a more resilient woman in the face of such tragedy. And I think that Rosie Batty sort of etched her way into the hearts and minds of Australians, um, not simply for enduring the shocking horror she has, but for becoming the courageous and unwavering campaigner that she has in spite of it. So what was it about Rosie Batty, though? We've seen people be on platforms before. What was about her message or her that made us all take notice? For me, there were three things about Rosie Batty that made her different from other campaigners. Not better, but different and able to get that cut through. The first was the tragic circumstances around what happened to her took away the discussion that often happens around these issues of domestic violence where people are victim blaming and they say why don't you just leave why do you stay in a relationship where someone hits you or scares you or abuses you in any way that's often hurled at women the fact that Rosie had left and had left some time ago and that her son was killed partly in in retribution and in anger shows exactly what women are scared of she is exactly what women are scared of that their abusive partner will hurt them or the people or animals that they care about if they leave so they're worried it will make them more angry and perhaps put them in even more danger the second one is that rosie batty didn't live up to the incorrect stereotype that live that exists in australia that women who are in abusive relationships are low low socioeconomic backgrounds she is a well-off woman she is educated she's clearly highly intelligent incredibly eloquent so she she unfortunately she wasn't able to be dismissed as easily as the stereotypes can be because unfortunately we are a society that tends to sit up and take notice when bad things happen to well-off or richer or middle-class people than than the lower socioeconomic classes that's a sad reality but it is a reality and finally as georgie said giving her australian of the year gives her a megaphone she was already doing great work and she was being listened to because of the high profile nature of the tragedy that happened to her in losing luke but when you when someone is awarded australian of the year and props to the australia council for doing it you give that person a megaphone for 12 months to talk about the issues that they care about and really make a difference The other big difference I noticed in this year was the way that mainstream media took the mantle of reporting about it and actually shining a light on this issue. So previously to this, I read a piece that Annabelle Crabb wrote in The Age about 
when she started as a cadet journalist in a major newspaper. Her job was to listen to the police radio. Like to be able to jump on and follow the story. Exactly. Yeah. So there was a code for murder, there was a code for homicide, there was, you know. She said the code that was domestic violence never got a look in. They'd hear that code and they would never go out to it and it would always easily be dismissed as, oh, it's just another DV, it's just another home violence. It's not worth reporting on. And this year we've seen mainstream media... And it's grim, but they've started a body count. And this coverage has brought into focus the fact that women are killed almost every day. And like we see a road toll, like we see suicide statistics, statistics and data make people notice. Putting someone's face on the front page of a paper makes people notice. And it's put it firmly in the national psyche and the perspective of our our leaders and our politicians. Georgie, how has the government reacted to the the higher media pressure and also the incredible death toll this year? I think it I think it's something like sixty five women killed by killed by in through intimate partner violence this year. Yes, it is the um, the Counting Dead Women project, which which counts the number of women killed through violence this year, is currently at seventy nine. But not all of those are actually domestic violence. Um, at least three quarters of them are. So it is around sixty five. The government reaction is interesting, and I think. There's two things to note here, the fact that in a way we do have to celebrate the fact that the raised awareness of 2015 is game-changing because it is something that campaigners um, and funding, you know, people in frontline services have been wanting for years to try and get this issue on the public radar. But what we've also seen is that the raised awareness so far certainly isn't stemming the damage, and I think the, the death toll shows that tragically. And also what we know is that the death toll is only the far end of the spectrum. It's the absolute worst case. We know that police are responding to hundreds of domestic violence calls a day. Hospitals are admitting women that have been beaten, but not they haven't died. And so I think it it is important to recognise that the death toll is just one aspect of that. The beginning of this year, we obviously had Tony Abbott as the Prime Minister and the Minister for Women. And just actually two weeks after he had named Rosie Batty Australian of the Year, Um, He actually announced some quite significant funding cuts, which she immediately challenged, but the reality is those funding cuts weren't actually reversed. There has been, when um, Malcolm Turnbull took over as the Prime Minister, shortly after that, I think the week after he was there, he did announce some new funding, but the the funding cuts were around $360 million and then $100 million was pledged by the new government, so, or the new Prime Minister, under the new Prime Minister. So there's certainly still a significant funding gap. And, I mean, the reality is domestic violence is an incredibly complex issue to tackle, but what it's actually not beyond us to tackle, and I think that's one of the things that's worth noting, is that in Australia we have got incredible um, intellectual property. We know we have women who've been working in these sort of shelters for 30 years. They know this story back to front. Mm. To them, the public stories that we're getting now about this being about control, about entitlement, about sort of the gender imbalance, that's that's not new to them. They've known that inside and out. And they actually, I mean, particularly Domestic Violence New South Wales, that service has come up with a blueprint basically for how you can limit the, the toll that domestic violence wreaks. And it requires, it requires investment in services like having shelters so there is somewhere safe for, for women to go. It includes things like, you know, prevention and education to teach young children and teenagers about respectful relationships, about what's right, what's wrong, about rehabilitation programs for um, offenders. So there's a whole lot of services that actually, if we are serious about tackling this issue, and I think that has to be the next point beyond raised awareness, is actually raised action in terms of how we stem it. 
Has it been the year of DV? Will next year we see a move away from it? How do we maintain pressure on politicians? That's a really good question. I think it's important to note first off that while Malcolm Turnbull became PM and reinstated uh, some of the money, he didn't reinstate all of the money. In terms of if you look at the Mm. last two years, we've still gone backwards in Mm. funding from the federal government for domestic violence shelters and through the National Action Plan for Women and Children, which is something all the states and territories signed up to. So the thing about politics is it can be played very easily. It's very easy to make things... Uh, what politicians would call announceables make things look really good when actually you're kind of taking with one hand and giving with the other so it's about looking at the whole package and also how um, services work with each other so how state and territory level services work with federal government funding and how that intertwines with the police who are who are run by the states individually so one of the um, I think one of the things that has always kept a lot of um, domestic violence programs from being particularly effective has been that we've got all these little siloed groups who are each doing great work in their own domain but getting all of them to work together and communicate and work out how to attack this issue as a whole is incredibly complex and hard to do So for me, that will be the real challenge for government. And I think the federal government has to lead it. They are the only ones who can do that. And they have to keep taking it seriously because when a guy, King, hits another guy in King's Cross, it ends up on the front page of the newspapers. And it is a tragedy and it is something that we have to do something about. But a woman is dying in her home more than every week because of someone who says he loves her. And we haven't paid attention until now. Georgia, we've talked a lot about Rosie Batty, who's absolutely become a symbol for so many women's stories in Australia. But we know that she's not the only one who's suffered at the hands of intimate partner violence. Sarah Ferguson's program on the ABC totally put that in front of our faces and made us sit up and take notice of how wide-ranging these stories are. Do you think that has had an impact, that program has had an impact as well in sort of showing us that how many women are experiencing this? I think so. And I spoke to Sarah Ferguson before the show went to air and she said the most powerful thing about the show, she thought, was that when she started the process, she still did sort of think, why don't women just leave? And she said as soon as she started speaking to women about it and as soon as she got an understanding of the way that, you know, domestic violence doesn't start with a man punching his girlfriend. That is usually the end of the process. The beginning of the process is sort of attempts at control. And I think Hitting Home showed quite a few stories that were incredibly powerful in telling that story, that it seemed, it might not have seemed sinister in the beginning, but actually any attempt to control your partner, whether it's a male or a female, is incredibly damaging and you get set down that path. And I think, again, it showed a couple of stories like Rosie Batty that sort of put to bed the idea that this is just an issue that affects low socioeconomic groups you know there was a young professional woman whose partner actually hadn't been violent but after she broke up with him he killed her i think that anyone who watched hitting home probably came away with it with it with a better understanding of of why even asking why don't women leave is the wrong question and i think that's incredibly powerful to have that have that message sort of bedded into us It has been a year of great tragedy for Australian women. There have been a huge number of women killed at the hands of their partners. But at the same time, there is that tiny, tiny little bit of hope that comes from knowing that finally this country is admitting that we have a problem and that as a community and hopefully also as a government, we can all work together to make sure that those numbers get smaller and smaller and smaller and turn to nothing. 
Thank you so much for listening to another bonus episode of Mamma Mia Out Loud. We will be back with you tomorrow with another person's perspective on the year that was 2015.